I'm Tom Hendrickson from MyITCareerCoach.com, where we build great tech careers, and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today, we're going to talk about value stream mapping with Tom Kegley. Tom, introduce yourself to the people here at Tech Career Talk. Thank you, Tom. Um, I also have one of the world's greatest names, Tom, uh, but I'm an agile coach for a small company, a boutique firm called Tom Kegley & Associates. Um, focused really on agile and agile process. I'm also the uh, editor of a podcast that's been around since Dirt was young, roughly 13 years now, uh, comes out every week. It's mostly about agile, but I like to think of it as agnostic because very frankly, it really is focused on things that work for people combination interviews, essays, discussions, all sorts of things. I couple that with a blog, uh, and usually that's where most of the essays that tend to end up over there get written, but we do themes roughly in two weeks. We've just finished up uh, a two-week arc on collaboration. We're going to look at Socratic questions in the next couple of weeks, those sorts of things. So www dot uh, spamcast.com is the podcast tkagley.wordpress.com is the blog excellent we'll definitely link that up in the show notes tom super excellent so today we want to talk about something that's near and dear to your heart value stream mapping so to kind of start us off tom why don't you describe what value stream mapping is so value stream mapping, and, and it's, it's not as simple a question and answer as one would expect, because people have a propensity to uh, conflate three things together. One is value chain uh, mapping, and that actually is really, it really was only formed or created back in 1985 by a guy named Michael Porter at the University of Chicago, in Chicago. But, but that focused on the entirety, sort of the systems view of work and coupled the entirety of the organization. So there's a value chain that goes through and that creates transformations and injects value into something that is delivered by the organization all the way from soup to nuts all the way through. And, and that really was sort of the genesis of this whole idea of value chain or value process mapping and all that kind of, of stuff that gets layered on there. So we start there and things like HR, things like IT, if you're not a software firm, those are there to support things. They aren't really on the value chain. Um, so, then we got into the whole idea of, of value mapping, process mapping, those sorts of things, which, which really, again, they are soup to nuts, but on a much more parochial basis. It's how do we, let's say in IT, create value, even though we might not be on as part of the value chain themselves. It, it's, it flows through from beginning to end and focuses on the entirety, a systems view of the world. So in a nutshell, that, those are the three things that get conflated together. They're all a little different. They all provide 
different value and different things which are important at different parts of, of whether you're creating a brand new product or if you're installing a, if you're doing safe and doing a release train, those sorts of things, you have to step back and say, where, the, where is really the beginning? Where's really the end? What things are related? If they're not related, they don't belong there. So you have value chain mapping, value mapping, and value process, or excuse me, process mapping. Is that correct? Did I get all three right? Uh, yeah, they, we get there. Okay, excellent. So and it's, I'm guessing when you, you talked about, you know, depending on where you are in the organization, but you probably have to put some parameters or some guardrails, like whether you said, like with value chain mapping, whether you're going to map the whole whole thing or if you're going to focus like so for instance say i'm in a software shop and i just want to focus on you know maybe one group if i'm a maybe i'm a scrum master or something and i want to focus on my group is that correct so and that's why that's why the whole idea of value chains generally are more strategic view and that's why so then you peel back into sort of a value map and then a process map so it does, it does become more of a funnel and therefore this, this top line where you're dealing with the entire strategic view, that's, you know, that, that's at the beginning. That's planning, that's planning a flow of work. It's wrestling perhaps with who your customers are, those sorts of things. If you're, uh, if you're worrying about how to implement a piece of code, from a hot fix, you're going to need a process map, not a value chain. Yeah, so it's a little different application. So, so I guess along that with that, Tom, why would we need to use value stream mapping? Like, where's a where would you say is a good application to use it? This is you know it's funny. I, I've given this a lot of thought as I've leveraged them and used them. This is as close to a hammer. Uh, and making everything a nail scenario in the whole world. Mm -hmm. I would suggest that there is almost never a time when I wouldn't use one of these three things because it provides, that each one again provides different value. Let's say I was about to think about doing an agile release train and I need to, needed to understand all of the teams that needed to be on that train actually deliver a product. I think, while I don't think I need a value chain at that point, I most certainly need a value map at that point. Mm -hmm. I need to know who the customers are. I need to know what actually get, gets delivered. I need to understand what teams are involved in transformations along the way so that, so that I can, they, they can all work together. Lots of times you, get people who throw groups together and say, hey, plan together. You're all related. You all have code that you, you in your title or something like that. Mm -hmm. you know, something, but, but what they haven't thought through is whether or not they actually physically impact the customers or perhaps even the same product. They may not need to be in plan together. So I, I think I need a value process map or value map in a lot of circumstances where I'm doing large-scale planning or doing large-scale piece support. I need a process map 
in terms of, of being able to look for constraints um, in the flow of work. Again, I'm a big fan of the idea of throughput and cycle time as being predictive measures. Mm -hmm. And if those things are true, if, if those are important pieces of, of predictive information, I then should need to find where they get held up, where they sit around, those sorts of things, to process map. So those are a kind, you know, kinds of areas that I almost always look at. I'm in the middle of an agile assessment. And as part of this, um, the organization, I've sat back a couple of times and actually flowed out how the work is done bigger chunks to try to understand whereby value is injected and where they're just steps that are, I'd just say classic sort of overhead, where, where things are checked and rechecked and double checked and those sorts of things that really aren't value added scenarios. And that's another form of a value map. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing kind of some of the parts of waste in the process potentially. And then are you also, I'm guessing at some point with, and depending on the, the group, I suppose you might have an aha moment or you might have a, oh, you know what moment? Um, I think they almost always are aha moments. Uh, yeah. There are very, there are very few that are, um, you know, the other form where you look at it and go, I don't know how this works. Uh, and everybody looks at it. Because almost always, right, even it, unless, unless they have never run the process, and, and all work is a process. Process is just simply a contract in terms of how, how people will interact together to create value. So almost everything's a process or has processes involved with it. If they have never done it, there might be a a oh you know an oh my kind of kind of thing but but generally what they work they may not work well they may have holes in them it's people tend to discover where stuff sits around where there's a bottleneck that they can then you know exploit and make go away those sorts of things mm -hmm. so again Agile has matured enough where we're seeing a lot of the concepts that are were basically lean concepts get re-injected into, into how work is done so that teams can be empowered to take action with evidence and then make their life better. I mean, this, this, shouldn't, be, this shouldn't be old school like back in the day when I was working in a tire assembly plant, right? And the time and motion guy would hide behind the, the big steam molds and we would try to figure out how to scare him away, you know, <laughs> taking notes and trying to figure that out. That did work, you know. I, you know, I, I did read Frederick Taylor. I understand Frederick Taylor, but very frankly, Frederick Taylor doesn't belong in software development mm -hmm. in the year 2019. No, no. So I guess to kind of come around, because you said it's it should be used everywhere or most places, where would be first a place not to use? And then perhaps how often should we be doing a value stream map? Again, a value stream map, I think, is, is one of those critical tools to understand the flow of work and understand where, where 
things can creep in. What I tend to see people do wrong, right, is drop directly into process mapping mm -hmm. and start to, to get way deep into the weeds and, and start to focus on things that, that, that look funny but might have no, no impact in terms of the bottom line. Yeah. You, you know, they, they're, they're optimizing, doing a lo lots of local optimization where they, they may or may not impact the flow of work through the entire thing. So I think it's important to at least occasionally understand, step back and say, what is the flow of work in terms of value, the big value chunks yeah. through, through an organization or as they impact a product? That means I have to understand who the customers are. I have to understand what it is that I'm actually delivering. That shouldn't, well, in most typical large organizations, that's not going to evolve quickly. Mm -hmm. If I were a startup, you know, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna probably have a a back of the envelope version of that. And I think yeah. it's important to have it drawn out. And maybe it is, you know, a bunch of sticky notes on the wall with, you know, on a whiteboard, those sorts of things. I don't think it has to be terribly fun. And that will be fundamentally dynamic after every pivot. I might want to go back and think about that. I might suspect that if I'm, if I'm looking for funding, people might be asking me for those kinds of things. Yeah. But what I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do is I wouldn't drop into a process map, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be doing individual, well, I'm going to pass it to Betty Sue, Betty Sue's going to pass it to Imad, you know, those sorts of things. I wouldn't worry about that unless I thought that there was an area that really looked like it was a lot of overhead or a lot of delay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Tom, you, you've shared a lot with us. Any closing thoughts? You know, this isn't rocket science. I, I, I do have friends that are rocket scientists. I know <laughs> is but but the, but the reality is it is not sitting down with Visio and doing immediately jumping into process steps and swim lanes those sorts of things there are there are layers I really do think Potter was or Porter was correct in terms of it wasn't Harry it was Porter Michael Porter uh, was correct in terms of let's take that big picture let's recognize whether or not we truly are on the value chain. But once you're past that, I think once you're past that, I think it's important to step back and say, what is the flow of value to the organization? And, and where does my team and the teams around me, where do they fit? Yeah. So I, I think you do have to step back and actually think about doing that on an occasional basis. Otherwise, it becomes, it just becomes a, an assembly line. And, and I don't think that works. That whole factory, that factory metaphor that got popular back in the late 90s and early 2000s is, I think, deleterious and, and very damaging to how people really do work in uh, a knowledge-based approach. Couldn't agree more. Tom, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. If you have any questions, please email me, tom at myitcareercoach.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. I'm Tom I'm Henriksen. Yours. <laughs> I'm Tom Henriksen for my IT Career Coach, where we build great tech careers. And thanks for watching.
Tech Career Talk.